Part 4, Criminal Proceedings. A. Search and Seizure. The United States and Iowa constitutions grant the people the fundamental right to be secure in their persons, houses, and papers and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures, unless the government first obtains a search warrant based upon probable cause. A valid search warrant must be signed by a magistrate or judge, be supported by an affidavit or testimony submitted under oath, and establish probable cause. The search warrant must also describe with sufficient specificity the person, place, or thing to be searched. The standard for probable cause is whether a person of reasonable prudence would believe a crime has been committed or that evidence of a crime might be located in the particular area to be searched. If the government conducts an unreasonable search and seizure, the defendant's remedy is the exclusion of the evidence from trial. This remedial exclusion of the evidence is commonly referred to as the exclusionary rule. However, several exceptions to this rule for searches and seizures conducted by the government without a warrant have been established by the courts, including 1. Consent searches, 2. Searches based on probable cause and exigent circumstances, 3. Search items in plain view, and 4. Searches incident to a lawful arrest. B. Arrest. An arrest is the taking of a person into custody when authorized by law. Arrests may be made pursuant to a warrant or without a warrant. An arrest pursuant to a warrant is commenced by filing a complaint before a judge which alleges that a person has committed a crime. If the judge believes probable cause exists that a crime has been committed, the judge may issue an arrest warrant for the person named in the complaint. A police officer is the only person authorized to make an arrest pursuant to a warrant issued by a judge. However, a citizen may make an arrest if a crime is committed in the person's presence or if the arresting citizen reasonably believes that a felony has been committed. C. Defense representation. A person charged with a criminal offense is generally entitled to a representation in legal proceedings by an attorney. In Iowa, a person is entitled to an attorney for any offense where there is a possibility of imprisonment if the person is convicted. The court is required by statute to appoint an attorney if the person is indigent. A person is considered indigent if the person's income is at or below 125% of the United States poverty level. An indigent person is entitled to a court-appointed attorney not only in criminal cases but also under Code Chapters 229A, 665, 812, 814, 822, and 908, and Sections 232.141, 598.23a, 600a.6b, 811.1a, 814.9, 814.10, and 815.4. D. Prosecution. Overview. Upon the receipt of alleged facts that a crime has been committed, the county attorney has the discretion to file criminal charges. A criminal defendant may be charged with an indictable misdemeanor or felony by the filing of a trial information or upon the return of an indictment by a grand jury. In most cases, a defendant is charged by the filing of the trial information. Generally, the trial information contains the alleged facts of a crime. The facts are usually gathered by the local police or other investigative governmental agencies. Plea agreements. If the criminal charge is not dismissed by a judge during the pretrial stage, the defendant has the choice to enter into a plea agreement with the county attorney or proceed to trial on the charge. In almost all cases, the defendant and the county attorney enter into a plea agreement whereby the defendant agrees to plead guilty to a criminal charge in exchange for the county attorney agreeing not to seek the maximum penalty against the defendant. 
If a plea agreement is entered into, the county attorney is usually bound by the agreement until the defendant pleads guilty. However, a defendant is not bound by the agreement until a guilty plea is entered. Generally, the county attorney has the following options during plea discussions in exchange for a defendant pleading guilty. The defendant is allowed to plead guilty to a lesser or related offense that carries a lighter sentence. The county attorney agrees to drop or not file certain charges. For misdemeanor charges, the county attorney may agree to recommend to the court a certain amount of days in jail or no jail sentence at all. The county attorney agrees to recommend to the court that mitigating circumstances exist under Code Section 901.10 for certain drug or weapon-related offenses, which would reduce a defendant's sentence, and the county attorney agrees to recommend to the court a deferred judgment, deferred sentence, or probation, or agrees to make no recommendation as to sentence. Guilty pleas. After a defendant enters a guilty plea, the judge decides the defendant's sentence. However, in most cases where a plea agreement is made between the county attorney and the defendant, the judge will follow the agreement, although the court is not bound to abide by any agreement between the parties. If the defendant chooses to proceed to trial and is subsequently convicted, the county attorney is not bound by any plea agreement negotiations and is free to recommend to the court any type of sentence. Thus, a defendant convicted at trial loses some degree of certainty as to what type of sentence will be imposed. E. Trial. A criminal case will proceed to trial if the charges have not been dismissed against a person who is competent to stand trial and the person does not enter a plea. A person is entitled to a jury trial before 12 jurors in most cases, but in a simple misdemeanor case, the jury is limited to six jurors. To convict a person of a crime, the jury must be unanimous in its verdict. A person may also choose to waive a person's right to a jury trial and proceed with the trial before a judge. F. Appeal. The Iowa Supreme Court and the Iowa Court of Appeals have jurisdiction over all criminal appeals in Iowa. If convicted of a crime other than a simple misdemeanor, by either a jury or a judge, a person must appeal within 30 days of conviction or the person loses the right to appeal. An appeal in any criminal case other than a simple misdemeanor is to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court then decides whether to hear the appeal or to refer it to the Court of Appeals. If the appeal is heard before the Court of Appeals, a person may file an application for further review with the Supreme Court within 20 days of the Court of Appeals ruling. A person convicted of a simple misdemeanor has 10 days to appeal the decision to the District Court. G. Post-conviction relief. Post-conviction remedies exist to give the trial courts an opportunity to consider and correct challenges to their original actions. In many instances, a post-conviction relief action is in addition to any appeal. However, the appellate courts will hear post-conviction arguments on appeal if the record is sufficient. A person who has been convicted may seek post-conviction relief under the following basis in Code Section 822.2. The conviction or sentence was in violation of the United States or Iowa Constitution. The court was without jurisdiction to impose sentence. The sentence exceeds the statutory maximum authority. New evidence of material facts requires a new trial in the interest of justice. The person is unlawfully held in custody. The person's earned time has been unlawfully forfeited. The person's conviction is subject to collateral attack based upon any error. H. Confinement of a dangerous person. The county attorney may file a verified ex parte motion asking the court for the immediate arrest of a defendant awaiting sentencing. If the defendant is not already in custody, 
who is suspected of being a danger to another person or property. The detention hearing must be held before a judge within 72 hours of the defendant's arrest or if the defendant is in custody within 72 hours of the filing of the motion. If the court finds by clear and convincing evidence that the person is a danger to another person or property, the person is denied bail. I. Confinement of a mentally incompetent person. Mental incompetency, suspension of criminal proceedings. At any stage of a criminal proceeding, the defendant or the defense attorney may make an application to the court stating specific facts showing that the defendant is suffering from a mental disorder and is not competent to stand trial. The court may make its own motion if the defendant or defense attorney in the criminal proceeding fails to make an application. The court must schedule a hearing to determine if probable cause exists to sustain the allegations. If the court determines probable cause exists, the court suspends further proceedings, the defendant's right to a speedy indictment and speedy trial is told, and a hearing must be held on the defendant's competency to determine whether the defendant appreciates the charge, understands the proceedings, and can effectively assist in the defendant's defense. The court must order a psychiatric evaluation of the defendant, or if a recent evaluation exists, the court may use that evaluation in a competency hearing. A competency hearing is required within 14 days of the arrival of the person at a psychiatric facility for the performance of an evaluation or within five days of the filing of an application if a recent evaluation will be used in the hearing. Competency hearing. The court receives all relevant and material evidence at the competency hearing and the court is not bound by the rules of evidence. If the court finds the defendant is competent to stand trial, the court must reinstate the criminal proceedings against the defendant. If the court, by a preponderance of the evidence, finds the defendant is suffering from a mental disorder which prevents the defendant from appreciating the charge, understanding the proceedings, or assisting effectively in the defense, the court must suspend the criminal proceedings indefinitely and order the defendant to be placed in a treatment program. Placement and treatment. At the conclusion of the competency hearing, if the court finds the defendant does not pose a danger to the public peace and safety, is qualified for pretrial release, and is willing to cooperate with the treatment, the court must order the person to undergo mental health treatment designed to restore the defendant to competency. If by clear and convincing evidence the defendant poses a danger to the public peace and safety, or is not qualified for pretrial release, or does not cooperate with treatment, the court must commit the defendant to an appropriate inpatient treatment facility. The defendant must be committed as a safekeeper to the custody of the director of the Department of Corrections for treatment if the defendant poses a danger to the public peace and safety. If the defendant does not pose a danger to the public peace and safety but is otherwise being held in custody, the defendant is placed in a facility operated by the Department of Human Services for treatment. Restoration of competency. After placement, if the treating psychiatrist or doctorate level psychologist finds there is a substantial probability the defendant has acquired the ability to appreciate the charge, understand the proceedings, and effectively assist in the defendant's defense, the psychiatrist or psychologist or the director of the facility treating the defendant notifies the court and a hearing is set on the defendant's competency within 14 days of being notified. If there is a substantial probability the competency 
of the defendant will not be restored, the court shall also be notified, and a hearing is required within 14 days of the court being notified. If the treatment psychiatrist or doctorate-level psychologist finds the defendant would benefit from either a more restrictive or less restrictive placement for treatment, the psychiatrist or psychologist must notify the court, and a hearing must be set on the matter by the court within 14 days of being notified. Restoration of Competency Hearing 14 days after receiving a notice that there is a substantial probability that the competency of the defendant has been restored or there is a substantial probability the defendant's competency will not be restored or their appropriate level of treatment should be modified, the court must hold a restoration of competency hearing. Upon a finding by the court that the defendant's competency has been restored, the court must terminate the placement and restore the criminal proceedings against the defendant. If the court finds by a preponderance of evidence that the defendant's competency has not been restored but finds the defendant is making progress in regaining competency, the court must continue the placement. If the court finds there is a substantial probability the defendant's competency will not be restored in a reasonable amount of time, the court must terminate the placement. Length of placement and other proceedings. A defendant cannot be placed for a period greater than the maximum term of confinement for the criminal offense for which the defendant is accused or 18 months, whichever is shorter. If the length of the defendant's placement equals the maximum length of the term of confinement for which the defendant is accused, the criminal offense must be dismissed by the court with prejudice. When the defendant's placement equals 18 months, the court must schedule a hearing to determine whether the competency of the defendant has been restored. The court must terminate the placement of the defendant if the defendant's mental competency has not been restored. The state may, after termination of placement, commence civil commitment proceedings under Code Chapter 229 or 229A. After termination of the placement, if the criminal proceedings have not been dismissed with prejudice, the state may seek to file an application seeking to reinstate the criminal proceedings if it appears the competency of the defendant has been restored.